Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. W.S. Merwin describes that strange sensation well. Every year, without knowing it, I have passed the day when the last fires will wave to me and the silence will set out, tireless traveler, like the beam of a lifeless star. It's the opening of his poem, For the Anniversary of My Death. How remarkable that every year without knowing it, we pass the day that will be our last, when the last fires will have gone out. In a way, it's why we're here tonight, because we do not know the hour or the day. So we point to a moment on the calendar when we can all gather, come together, and collectively remember that we won't be here forever. We're all short-timers. In a thousand ways, we could be reminded that one day we will die. And in a thousand ways, we mostly refuse to register the reminder. For two years, our everyday choices have been much more intertwined with our shared health and life and death. It could have been that every time we pulled a mask string up over our ears, we considered the ramifications of a disease on our fragile bodies. But mostly we didn't, at least not after a while, Who could bear to think about it every time? Instead, we shopped first for cute fabrics and then hustled for N95s and then grumbled or argued the merits and then hung them on top of our rearview mirrors. As conversations unfold about the place of masks in our daily lives, for some, I wonder what new signs will emerge that could help us recall that the last fires will someday wave to each of us. Because new signs will come because there have always been signs. Masks and positivity rates are just the most recent versions of these would-be reminders. Before these, we had color-coded terror threats, those rainbow charts that came on the heels of the fires and ashes of September 11th. And there were other could-be signs. My children learned how to hide in storage closets in elementary school from easily accessed guns. In my own elementary years, I learned to get under my desk in case of an earthquake or inexplicably a nuclear blast. My parents and grandparents and great-grandparents had their own 
paltry defenses against the annihilating threats that they faced in their own times. And these are just the American stories and experiences. But even as we gather here tonight, it's the middle of the night in the Ukraine. And very real bombs are falling there. And a hundred years ago, other wars were raging in other places. And centuries ago, other diseases were spreading in other corners of the world. It's always been thus. And yet, even with all these would-be, could-be communal reminders, so much of the time, we walk through the world ignoring all of it, or imagining ourselves somehow invincible, maybe even immortal. There are other means, less widespread, that startle us from our reveries. Often it is actually the private, individual moments that manage to pierce the veil. Irishman John O'Donohue describes these ordinary threshold moments that happen this way. You are in the middle of your day, the middle of your life. It's a busy one, 50 things to do, and you get a phone call that somebody that you love is suddenly dying. It takes 10 seconds to communicate that information, but when you put the phone down, you are already standing in a different world because suddenly everything that seemed so important before is all gone, and now all you are thinking of is this. He continues, so the given world that we think is there, and the solid ground that we think we are on, so tentative. And I think a threshold is a line which separates the two territories of the spirit. And I think that very often how we cross that threshold is the key thing. That's what we're doing here. Crossing the territory, crossing the threshold. We come to experience the liturgical phone call reminding us that the given world is so tentative. Today we learn not of a loved one's short time remaining, but of our own. We come to claim Ash Wednesday as the stand-in for the unknown anniversary of the day when the fires will go out and there are only ashes. We do this not out of a sense of gross, morbid curiosity, not to wallow in dark fascinations, but as O'Donohue says, to gather ourselves and decide carefully how we now can live the life we would love to look back on. Jesus didn't attend an Ash Wednesday liturgy, but he came already understanding that he was a short timer and had only a little while, only a limited amount of time to show us how to live. How to live a life we would love to look back on. 
He came to show us how to love, how to heal, how to forgive. The invitation today with its words about penitence and fasting and prayer and repentance and even sin is an invitation to decide carefully how we now can live the life we would love to look back on. It's an invitation to cross the threshold, to move purposefully toward the tentative territory where we know the ground is not as firm as we often pretend it is. Today is an invitation to consider how fragile we are, how paltry our defenses are against all that swirls around us, not to crush our spirits with a sense of doom, but to inspire us to decide more carefully what matters. Every year, without knowing it, I have passed the day when the last fires will wave to me and the silence will set out, tireless traveler like the beam of a lifeless star. Tonight we gather on purpose, knowing this is the day we remember that at some point the last fires will wave to each of us. We mark our faces with these ashes because we know in the silence that we are neither invincible nor immortal. In knowing that, we know we have careful choices to make about the given world and the given time we have. We are not ignoring the signs. We are choosing to mark ourselves with a reminder that we're short timers here so that we don't live could have been lives, but instead we live lives we would love to look back on. Ashes are not meant to serve as a mask of protection. They're not a closet in which to hide, nor really any kind of effective defense. Rather, they're a reminder that we choose to heed a reminder of our fragility. These ashes are an invitation to honor our brief time here by setting things to right, to follow Jesus in loving and healing and forgiving, to decide carefully how we now can live the life we would love to look back on. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.